What does it mean to be a woman beyond cliches and social expectations? Why do women's voices often go unheard, underrepresented and misunderstood? Why is it that the educational system is still stuck in teaching us seas of pink and blues? In this episode, we will discuss layers of the female identity diversity of a woman's experience to uncover the web of influences that shape her dynamic nature. See, I kept my mouth shut that whole time. I didn't say anything. Yeah, I'm rather surprised. What's wrong with you today? No, I thought, let me let Suman get her little intro in first, then we can start talking about what it means to be a woman. You're going to be telling us what it means to be a woman. No, I'm going to let you try and explain first. I'm going to give you a man's perspective aka the truth uh okay well we shall see yes ladies and gentlemen we're going to explore an alternative truth compared to the usual perspective one that goes beyond the boundaries of aggressive feminism wait i'm sorry is this going to be some sort of like you know looking in crystal balls and like that sort of vibe because i'm looking at the stars and being like oh Orion is near uranus and that means i'm a bitch why are you being so rude? Sorry, sorry. I just I just know what Suman's like. I know where she's going to go with this, you know. Talking about all sorts of sensuality. Oh, so you can read minds now, Dave? Well, look, I've known Suman for a long time. I know how she is. Well, why don't you let her first read some things to us and then you can start about that mumbo-jumbo you heard about women. Right. Okay. Look, you two tell me what it is to be a woman then. I'll, I'll be quiet for the next well, two minutes, maybe. Today, we are going to be discussing an uncomfortable truth about being a woman. So, what do you guys think? What is that one thing the average woman is usually driven by? Hmm. Yes, Steve? Money. That's what narcissistic women might look for. I'm talking about the average woman who doesn't have such toxic tendencies hmm. and isn't self-centered. What's she looking for? What? What's she looking for? What she's driven by. I don't know, probably about six inches. Dave, Suman is talking about 21st century women, not mm -hmm. women from the oh, 1800s. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Eight inches. Oh, for God's sake. Seven? Porn again? Don't you watch anything else? I do, actually. I've been watching this really good show. But we're getting that later. It's a little drama. <laughs> Is it Bridgerton by any chance? No, it's not Bridgerton. It's look, we there's no time. We shouldn't digress. We're here to talk about women and their needs and desires. Well, you started talking about unrealistic things like women only t caring about money. Well, all I know, I haven't been proven wrong yet. So tell me, why am I so falsely? Why am I so inaccurate? Well, we can do an experiment right here, right now. Right. Oh, that will be beneficial for people like, well, people who follow Dave. Mm -hmm. Okay, that'll be particularly beneficial for them and eye-opening. <laughs> Losers. Wow. 
Kitty's got claws. Dave, can you tell me when you last felt unsafe? Hmm. An immense threat or a deep sense of insecurity, perhaps an incident where you felt like your life could be in danger. Oh, well, that'd probably be at the time when my wife was divorcing me. Who, Angela? Yeah, she was throwing plates and, you know, attacking me verbally. And it's only a matter of time before, in my eyes, she came up with a knife. A knife. So I just got out of there and ran away. Okay, now we all know that Angela will never do such a thing. She's an angel. Yes, she would. You haven't seen her. I've seen you both and heard you both. You live in my head, my devil and angel. Well, my ex-angel. Hmm. She was my mentor back in heaven. And I know for a fact she would never do such a thing. Oh, so no, no angels ever gone rogue? Well, they do, but then they become fallen angels. And she is not a fallen angel. Not yet. Angelina? Yes, Suman? From a female angel perspective, when did you last feel unsafe on Earth? Well, funny you should mention that. The other day I went to town and I was walking through this park and there was this guy just staring at me and it, I felt very uncomfortable and then as soon as I passed him he started following me <gasps> and he followed me about five minutes and I felt very very scared so luckily there was a local like convenience store and I entered it mm -hmm. and then he just stood there it was a very, very weird and scary experience for me. I have never been through that before. The weaker sex is naturally going to be targeted. Weaker? Physically weaker, <gasps> not, mo not, not emotionally or mentally weaker, physically weaker. Please keep your ovaries inside you. The point I am trying to make is that the all-encompassing influence that a woman faces lends to a complex nature of her life. <clears throat> when men are asked about the last time they felt unsafe or feared for their lives, their responses typically revolved around an isolated or occasional incident like a car accident or a severe illness. So they'll sound very infrequent. Conversively, when the same question is posed to a woman, her responses often paint a very different picture. Yes. The everyday fear that women experience is multidimensional. It extends beyond their physical safety and affects them emotionally, physiologically, psychologically, mentally, and until we fully understand this concept, we will continue to misunderstand the experiences and the challenges women face. And I know that Angelina has just shared the incident where she was followed by somebody like Dave. But the point I'm trying to make... Fuck off. I, re I, I negate that. I'm sorry. I have to reject that. I have to stand up for myself here. I have never, nor will I ever, be a... Well, I am a pervert, but not a, not a rapist or an attacker or some sort of malevolent man. I, I, I you stand around on the streets perving on women. Yes, but look, because one, 
Look, there's one thing for me using binoculars from my window to look at you naked in your window. Close your fucking curtains. I mean, I'm not walking around jumping on women or sexually harassing them. That's far too far. A small peeping Tom, yes, but I mean, that's that's friendly pervertation. So it's okay as long as nobody knows about it? Well, look, I just want it clear that I'm not, I'm not, I'm not in the fucking streets molesting people, okay? Let's have that out now. Okay, let's start from the beginning. Gender biases manifest even before a girl is born. For example, in some cultures, there's still a preference for male children. So she might not be even safe in the mother's womb. They might decide to like abort her. And let's say she's born, okay? In many parts of the world, girls don't have the same access to quality education compared to boys. The lack of education hinders their personal and professional development. Girls are more likely to married off at an early age or have their marriage fixed at an early age, denying them autonomy and independence. And if they survive all of this, how do you escape the risk of various forms of violence, such as domestic abuse, domestic violence, sexual harassment, being assaulted on the streets. Even the digital world is not safe for women. They face online harassments, cyberbullying, sliding into their DMs unsolicited. Yes. And let's say a woman is growing up in a Western culture and in this modern and progressive and cosmopolitan political environment she's able to build an independent life great what do you do about the gender discrimination at workplace the widespread harmful stereotypes and objectification of women which deeply impacts her self-esteem and body image and let's not forget those who bring them down in the name of honor. And if you're a woman thinking you can change this, great. Please start addressing the lack of representation in position of power. Wait, sorry. Just just very... Oh, sorry. Do you want to get through this, Suman? Can I interrupt you quickly? Would you like me to stop? Just interrupt. If I would hit a man, I would hit a woman. That's equality, darling. Sweet cheeks. Why do you need to hit anybody? I was just merely threatening you with a hit, my darling. My sugar plum. What are you, Andrew Tate Jr. or something? Dave, before you interrupted, what I was trying to say is that despite all the talk about feminism and strong women, the harsh reality remains. Women face constant fear and uncertainty. Unfortunately, this is something that men struggle to relate to, which fuels a lot of relationship conflicts and discrimination. Right, yes, I understand some of that. I do get that. But also, like, we're actually more likely to be, to be killed than you are. How we're so? Also more likely, How? I... We're also more likely to be addicted to drugs. Because you kill it. Because we kill each other. No, I, it's not what I meant. Just Okay, just carry on. What were you saying? Well, I was apparently the stats say that a man, you're more likely to be killed as a man, obviously, because you're more likely to be 
suffer a violent crime. But how? Well, I think you could. Well, I tell you what. Have a little Google now, and you'll see if I'm right or wrong. Dave, this ignorance and your lack of empathy for women is the very thing that's preventing you from settling in a decent relationship. Oh, fuck a relationship. Didn't you cry for Angela recently? Ooh. Oh, I didn't tell you, Suman. What? Do you remember when me and Dave arranged that date thing? Ice cream date? Oh, I didn't tell you what happened, did I? She sucked me off. <gasps> no, in your dreams, dude. Well, we went out for this friend date, and I was hoping to get some ice cream. Well, this little cheat took me to a pub and then he drank so much that he started crying and talking about Angela and I was so embarrassed and I had to pay for a taxi to take him home hmm. he didn't even know what his name was after 20 bottles of Jaeger you said you weren't going to say anything lying that you don't care about relationships and you should have seen him crying I mean it was horrible oh my god Angelina you should have recorded him I did <gasps> right, okay, no, no, look, 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 look. I'll send you We don't I'll need to go around video sending videos of people crying. I don't think that's really fair. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, you posted all those videos of me crying and eating cake. I told you to take them off, and you still haven't. Let's carry on talking about women and how difficult they have it and how obvious it is that they're struggling. Only if you listen with an open mind. Yes. Right. I will accept and I will listen and I will stop touching myself in between me talking. Oh, you were talking how your penis is small as well when you were crying. No, I don't believe I was. Can we cut that, please? Can we cut all that? <laughs> so men go into relationships not understanding what a woman is made up of, that she is created differently. Even the journey of a woman crossing the road is starkly different and men can't relate to the perception of constantly feeling unsafe, physically and emotionally. So you're saying I should walk them to the station. What sort of what sort of else what sort of bullshit things would you have me doing to make them feel safe? It's not bullshit. I mean just reassuring her that everything's fine. Uh, that's a nice thing to do. I mean you would feel happy if you saw her entering a vehicle safe, would you? Yeah, well, I guess maybe. What I was trying to emphasize is not the perception of feeling physically unsafe, mm -hmm. but being able to develop trust with her, hearing her out without judgment. Dave, just imagine being that person, no matter where they are, wherever they go, the fear dynamiter just expands to that very thing. That just. Uh, I, well, sorry, carry on. I don't really understand that, but carry on. Okay, let me put it this way. Do you know the very thing a lot of men complain about in couples therapy? Sex. Yes. Well, obviously... And do you know the very thing women complain about? Sex. No. Money. No. Again, money. So what did your ex-wife, Angela, complain about the most when you two went to couples therapy? Well, no. I mean, when we did go to therapy, well, it wasn't a lot, to be honest. It was basically, I did have some sexual complaints because I don't think she was fulfilling all my desires. 
but she was mainly complaining about how I don't make enough money and I don't clean the house and I don't cook her dinner and I don't buy Liar, her flowers. Liar, that's a lie. When Angela divorced, she came back to heaven and she, I mean, she was really, really devastated. She really loved Dave. Well, anyway, she told me that he drinks a lot, okay? I've seen it with my own eyes. And do you know what happens when you drink a lot and you're trying to have intercourse? You get even better at it. No. No, the opposite. It doesn't... No, no, that wasn't... You, it you doesn't... No, you're it actually... Doesn't... Okay, I'm just going to put this out there because I have permission from Angela. She told me... What? That she never felt... That she never felt satisfied in the relationship on a deeper level. Fuck off! Especially towards the end of the relationship. Told you. Sorry, just to clarify, when you say not satisfied, you're talking... You're not talking sexually, I mean... In uh, all areas of her life. All areas, including sex. Because we were having, we had amazing sex. That's one thing that we did have in common. We were bonded by sex, Suman. You saw it. I'll tell you what I saw. You minimizing her emotions, calling her irrational, immature, invalidating her emotions, Look, and making her feel like she's insane. She was a silly little girl who used to let her emotions get the better of her and talk absolute crazy. Of course I didn't do those things to her. She did them to herself. Oh, so she was being unnecessarily dramatic then? Well, exactly. I mean, support her through what? Their emotions. Oh Conquer them. Own them. For goodness sake. If a woman can't connect with you emotionally, <sighs> sex to her feels like an expensive meal without any flavor, lacking substance and satisfaction. Mm -hmm. Angela was trying to connect with you, but she never could. Every time she needed any kind of support from you, like emotional support, you always gaslighted her. It's hard to connect with an asshole, just putting it out there. Fucking hell. I thought this was an episode about women, and now it's become an episode about tear down Dave. Eliminate Dave. Dave doesn't fuck right. Dave's really small. I just... <laughs> I didn't say you don't do your marital duties well. It's just when you drink, which is a lot, it all goes downhill. Literally. <laughs> now, I'm going to outline profiles of two men and Dave... Yes. You tell me which one of these two a typical woman would be interested in for a relationship. Not me. So, here's the situation. She likes both of these men equally. Yes. Let's call one of them Dave. Ooh. And one of them Rob. Oh. And let's call the woman Angelina. Okay? Okay. And by the way, this is just a story. It's all metaphorical. Yeah, Don't take it too seriously. Metaphorically, Dave. So Angelina has a adorable, beautiful a little puppy pet. Yes. That she very much loves. It means the world to her. Unfortunately, one day her puppy dies. <gasps> She's really upset. And she needs a shoulder to cry on. Rob shows up, he supports her emotionally, he helps her with the funeral formalities, regularly checks in with her, and the other man, Dave, sends her a nice condolences message and thinks it's best to give her some space, so that's all he does. 
Two weeks later, Dave calls Angelina and asks her out on a date. What do you think she will say? She go- I know exactly what she's going to say. She's going to say, I picked that other guy because mm-hmm. he's a fucking pussy. And I'm going to sit, I'm going to make him my little simp. How rude. But you know who gets to fuck and gets to leave with his dignity intact? Me. I do. And that little simpy boy is going to be looking after that wench the rest of his life. Why do you think men who have emotions are, I don't want to even say that word, weak? It's a battle for power in a relationship. It always is. And I will win that battle nine times out of ten. Look, women are attracted to men that show their tender side. Meaning that he is sensitive, he opens up to her, he is authentic. Mm. It helps us connect with him on a deeper level, which helps build trust. Right. Okay. So usually this is what happens. So say, Dave, you're not comfortable with negative emotions. Okay. So Angela brings up something Mm -hmm. and she tells you that she's upset and she just needs you to listen. But instead of listening to her, you just sit there and, you know, start giving her solutions so she can feel better. Mm-hmm. And then since the only thing she needs from you is being heard, she will feel misunderstood and eventually start getting angry with yes. you. Yes. But I mean... But hang on, I'm not finished. And then you will make her feel crazy for being too dramatic and needy. Exactly. And she will bring up all the past experiences where she felt misunderstood and disrespected by you, just like she does today in this very argument, after which you will respond to her that you can't even remember what she's talking about, or it actually did happen, but not in the way that you're describing it. So the argument just escalates and escalates and becomes so absurd to the point that you both forget, what is it that you were arguing about today? And then you say, oh, see, it's because you always overreact and you make something so big out of nothing that we have all these problems. And that's why our relationship is just not what it could be. The result, the relationship is filled with misunderstanding. No one is happy. So what's the solution? I mean, do we just not do we just not get married you in the first? You don't need a solution. You just need to be there for her and just listen to her. And I know it's really hard for you to express empathy and understanding when you haven't received any of it yes, in the past. Uh, well, I, well, that is but... true. Actually, yes, I didn't really receive much as a child. Oh, Dave, are you okay? Okay, I've seen these crocodile tears before. <laughs> I'm fine, thank you. Yes, thank you. I appreciate you. Angelina, I appreciate your concern because Suman doesn't give a fuck about me. Because I know you're faking it to distract us from the very important conversation we're having and make it all about you. No, it's absolutely fine. Well, what I'm saying to you is, why do I have to listen to Porter? Why can't I try to help her and fix her problems? 
why does she not like that if she comes to me and goes oh my goodness billy from work is giving me problems because he keeps putting me on this shift and i say why don't you message him and speak to him and say i don't want to do that shift and then she'll say why can't you just listen to me and i say fucking hell i'm trying to help you why don't you listen to her and try to coach her in more emotionally intelligent ways like we discussed in the first season why don't you right. help her why don't you empower her to come up with her own solutions but why can't I just tell her what to do because you don't know what's best for her but i fucking do you're not her boss i'm you her don't... daddy <laughs> you don't work with her you don't know what her work culture is like you're just imposing your best interests on her at the same time your boss is somebody who's very above you mm-hmm. he he decides on the shifts he decides what you're gonna do and it's not really easy to argue with your boss because you don't want to get on his bad side because then it might be even worse exactly and then the atmosphere at work is just awkward angelina i have to say i like you what you said angelina made a lot of sense to be honest and i think that you came with a lovely little sort of you know suman is so hate-filled you can't see this this is another tactic of devils no no just because i don't compliment the woman that they're interested in or the women that they need something no, from. i'm sorry at the just... same time talk rubbish about other women in front of them so that they feel special uh dave this is quite outdated now think of something new sorry angelina please carry on before you're rudely interrupted by suman Zuman didn't interrupt me. Anyway, what I'm trying to say is you're yes. not the one dealing with it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's easy to be a captain after a battle, but you know, Ooh, some people like that. But you know, some people are not confident, like maybe you. Some people are not assertive. Some people don't like conflict. Do you know people- what? Sorry, Angelina, you just hit on something there that I think is extremely important. Like, the thing is, yes, I get it that women feel afraid or whatever. And okay, I understand it. They're not very strong. But I mean, can't we just send them to like a fucking self-defense class or something? Or give them all knives or guns and just, you know, solve the problem. And then they'll be tough women. Tough we is can... not only knowing how to fight. I don't know why yeah. people think... Well, you're talking about is... getting attacked on the way home. How if Look, why do you think that I don't get fucking attacked on the way home? Because you're the one that's attacking. No, but if you knew how to fight, you could solve this problem. That's one thing, but what about all the other elements of fear that a woman embraces? What about the discrimination, the misogyny, the peer parity? How do we fight that? Punch them in the face. How about men stepping up to be the solution? What if they made a conscious effort to educate and better themselves? What if they embraced self-control and most importantly, challenge the harmful mindset that unfairly places women in less deserving positions than men? So it's about everybody taking the responsibility, not just women. Look, I mean, we can make some changes, but there's always going to be some creepy men. Like you. And the women... No, we've established, let's get off this thing that Dave is a molester. No, but you influence people. Why can't you influence them positively? You can't. You too, you too. Calm down. Thank you, Angelina. You're so sensible today. Uh, Okay, stop it, Dave. I know what you're doing. Listen, Suman and Dave, 
Suman, you said Dave looks creepy and he looks like a kind of guy that would, well, attack women walking home alone in the dark. Mm -hmm. This guy that was following me, I didn't even see him properly until I entered the shop and he was, well, glued to the door. He didn't look like a creep at all. He was dressed very nice. I think he was wearing a suit. Exactly. Anybody can be evil. Anybody can you know, follow somebody at night. So we shouldn't really judge a book by its cover. To all the ladies out there, it, it, the, you have an option, obviously. I would suggest kicking the shit out of him. And if you are going to do that, go straight for the eyes, the throat, the ears, the nose, and the groin, the sensitive areas. However, if you're not comfortable or too weak-willed to do that, then yes, 100% find safe refuge with somebody else, preferably a large man who can protect you, but if not, a group of women. I've got a better solution. I think if we can look at regulations of the toxic masculine content that's kicking about on social media every day that young boys are exposed to, that will really help be part of the solution. And definitely, definitely ban all the porn sites on the planet. Well, wait, no, 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 no. I don't, let's just, <sighs> right, can we just settle this now? Women watch porn. Women don't like watching porn. Well, actually, I think you'll find that pornography is watched about, I think, about 20% of users are women. That's, I mean, that's significant. 20%? Most of them watch it to please their partners. They don't watch it for themselves. It wasn't their idea. Okay, ask any woman whose choice was it in the first place. So, man, I have to disagree with you for the Thank first you. time. Angela, I... you are really an angel. Women can watch porn just as men. I think I read recently in an article, research has shown that women watch porn because they enjoy it. Boom. Mic drop. I don't think they enjoy it, to be honest. When women engage in pornography, they do it through the lens of male gaze. No. It's not what is meant to serve their desires. Because what porn teaches us is how to, well, what it teaches men is how to make hate with women, how to control her, how no. to degrade her. No. All for a man's pleasure. No. It's very sickening. But there's different types of porn. Actually, <laughs> no. I'm sorry, Suman. No, I'm sorry, Suman. I, I, I'm absolutely with Angelina on this. I think that you're coming up from a very, a very, uh, you know, blinkered perspective you're not lo looking at it in a, a sort of more holistic approach and seeing there are different ways that women approach pornography and some women i had lots of friends who were who are girls who purely do it for the pleasure and self-exploration of their own body and sexual being and i think that should be celebrated i think what uh, suman is trying to say which i agree that porn historically was made for men so yes. you see all these porn actresses they're beautiful and you know when they film them, they all, well, yes. they're like treated like objects. And if all. anything, a woman feels very tortured because it's the least satisfying experience to her when a man is trying to recreate those staged and super artificial scenes in real life. He's not in tuned to her body. He's not connecting with her emotionally. So she'll end up feeling terrible and ashamed and unsatisfied. 
whilst wrongly believing that she's incapable of pleasure. Ooh. Think about it. It's the same as watching a superhero film and then turning around to your partner, your boyfriend, your husband and feeling utterly disheartened because you're comparing something that's a fantasy, that's very unrealistic, that's superficial to real life. Exactly. It's not real. And that's why I advocate that instead of watching pornography, just pick up the phone and call a prostitute. Oh Do you know what I mean? Oh, my God. But you, you said pornography is not real. And I'm saying I know that's why you should have the real thing. And at the same time, you're also employing a lady. It's feminism in action. I mean, it's a win-win, surely. Oh, Suman, I should never have agreed with him. What have I done? I told you, he's a walking trap. He's only being too nice. So you, as an empath, feel more pressured into being more agreeable with him. I fell into his trap. He trapped me completely. Oh, Dave. Are we going to touch on that, actually? A touch on what? You being a walking trap? Well, I mean the role of prostitution in feminism and whether we think that it should be no, something No, that... a lot of prostitutes, a lot of people who work in the porn industry come from either human trafficking or victims of abuse and violence from a very young age. Well, is that, isn't that why we should, we should legalise it? I no, mean? we should illegalise it. For God's sake, Dave, why should people get pleasure out of watching someone who's so traumatised and been through a brutal life? When you get into the reality of what goes on behind the scenes, you'll be quite sickened. Yes. I understand why a lot of men watch it because it's an easy access to sex. Yeah. Something that they get denied of in the real world. Exactly. And those men who have an obsession or addiction to porn, when they get into a real relationship with a woman, well, firstly, they're probably attracting the wrong kind, the one who thrives on uh, financial abundances. And then they wonder why she's so transactional. Why is she just using him? Well, perhaps it has a lot to do with your addiction with porn and how you see intimacy in relationships. If you can't connect with another human on a human level, you can't give her respect, there's no dignity in the relationship, you don't know how to communicate with her, there's no emotional bonding. What do you expect in return? Genuine love and loyalty from her? I'm definitely going to have to cancel that prostitute I had for your birthday. What? I was going to surprise you with a male, like we call them gigolos, for your birthday, but I don't think it's appropriate now, is it? I don't. I thought you were going to like it. Excuse me, what the Why hell? Why did you do that? Well, I just thought that she's been working so hard recently. It'd be nice to have someone to come. And I'm, But I'm terribly sorry, Suman. I'll absolutely cancel that. I didn't realise it was something you were so against. I do apologise. Oh, my goodness. Let me just call. Why would she be in a company of some person she just, doesn't I'm even sorry, know? Sorry, I'm just calling Derek now. Yes, Derek. She's not She's not down for it now. I'm terribly sorry. She's yeah, a bit of a prude. So. Sorry about that, mate. I'll get, you, I'll get you a nice box of chocolates instead. No, I don't want chocolates. I'm trying to be very healthy. Fucking hell. I don't want prostitute. I don't want chocolates. What can you get her? Respect. Yes. <laughs> well, unfortunately, you can't buy... Oh, no, wait, you can buy respect. You say women only think about money, but all you think about is money. Hmm. Okay. 
Coming back to the question of identity, do these challenges such as fear truly define a woman? No, but they undeniably influence her decisions and choices, often leading to a predefined path or a situation where she finds herself merely striving to survive rather than thriving. Let me ask, if we are constantly engaged in the battle of discrimination and inequality, how much time and energy does that leave anyone pursuing their genuine aspirations or trying to reach their full potential? So how can women embrace their identity in full spectrum beyond cliches and societal expectations? It starts with the recognition that a woman's identity extends beyond her gender. Mm -hmm. It starts with refusing to be constrained by societal expectations, refusing to play a part in the same old stereotypical script handed down to the women before us. Instead, we strive for authenticity. You go, girl. Let me give you my own personal example. My main inspiration to do the podcast was the realization that different parts of my identity were just parts of me. They don't define me. Sometimes the identity of being a woman is all people see and they form their judgments and expectations of you based on that. And there's nothing worse than feeling misunderstood and being boxed into notions that don't serve you as a whole. So I wanted to learn the truth about myself because my instincts always told me the opposite of what I was made to believe or what people said I was capable of doing. There was this inner dialogue that I wanted to understand and I thought to myself, wouldn't it be great to have this on the podcast? Because surely I'm not the only one having this conversation of identity. I'm sure there's more people who are feeling isolated in their identity struggles. Surely everyone who's a human being has asked this question. Who am I when no one's looking? I think you should find your truth and just explore that and bring that to the table. Really, really dive deep down to who is Suman? Oh, we've talked about it in the podcast. We've referenced it so many times, often disguised in the improvisations or the stories I've told or some of the research that I've brought. It all resonates with me, all connects with me. So everything I say is me. Mm. And now we all know her better. Well, you could do, but you still have a lot to learn. I've not told you guys everything about who I am. Suman has a dark side in her, which I kind of like. She does. I've caught her doing much evil things. Not evil. She crushed a beetle. 
that does not make me a bad person, Dave. Don't they say that like killing animals is the first sign of being a serial? Not animals, just little bugs and worms. Well, exactly. But if being a serial, if killing animals is a sign of being a serial killer, then surely killing bugs is the sign of being like a, a bitch. But look at it this way: if a bug was a size bigger, they would probably squash humans. Possibly, possibly. Suman, I was wondering. What is the biggest struggle for you as a woman? I'm just going to take take five while you answer this. To me, the most challenging part of being a woman was trying to appeal to my culture. No matter how hard I tried, I was never good enough. Yes. Religion plays a huge part in it, doesn't it? Yes, yes, yes. In shaping certain cultures, it absolutely Definitely. does. And look, we're not naming any cultures, not coming after anybody specifically. We're just talking generally. Well, I'm referring to the culture where I'm from because that's my experience. Uh, sorry, Suman is being specific. Yes. Yeah, but I think most cultures are similar. Oh yeah, in the way that nobody likes women, basically. Well, okay. So for me, yes. Having to embrace my cultural identity, well, I'm saying culture, but it felt more like a cult.、Mm. Unfortunately, not being very lucky to see the good side of it. I'm sorry to hear that. Example, please. Okay, so for example, I was judged by not just how I look and what I wear, but how I behave. My entire outlook, and apparently it's because women have to bear the weight of upholding the dignity of society. Somehow, we're the gatekeepers. We have to keep our act together to protect, to be the line of defence. Yes, yes. I'm just talking from my personal experience. A lot of women out there obviously have diverse experiences and interpretation of their cultural identity. So obviously, let's just be open-minded about the whole subject of women and culture. I also want to clarify that I'm not against the idea of culture. I think it's a wonderful thing. It brings people together. Connecting them to their roots, allowing them to celebrate their regional identity or their heritage, and I think it should just be done with an open mind and embracing uniqueness of people that belong to that community. Like treating somebody as a normal person rather than seeing them as some sort of like, you know, different because they've got a different culture, like that sort of thing. Yeah, that's a good suggestion. I was more thinking in line of freedom of choice. Okay, right. Like at home stuff. Everywhere, not just home. At work. Yeah, career, relationship, lifestyle. Oh, I see. Right. Without right. judgment or pressure. Well, I mean, people are going to get judged, though, aren't they? Do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, but try not to judge her, please. Women still get judged on a, on a basis of their reproductive organs, for example. Women today, especially in the Western society, they can be lawyers, they can be、uh, managers, they can be doctors, but there's still this expectation of them to be mothers.、Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like wherever you go, no matter what religion, what, what country, what language, there's still this. I mean, there is also expectation from men. Of course, yes, yes. 
when men are single, they're like, oh, he's a bachelor. But if a woman is single, especially approaching her late 30s, she's like an old hag. Yes, yes. Cat lady. Actually, yes. That's what I'll buy you for your birthday, a cat. Oh, my God. I love that. Oh, that's so sweet. Oh, and that cat will also munch away on all the spiders that you have secretly deployed in my room. Yes, I have released a few now and then. Moving on to actively breaking stereotypes. And ladies... I literally mean actively breaking stereotypes with a hammer. Is this where it's like it's it's like good to go out and fuck people and be be salacious and promiscuous because it's like fighting stereotypes? No, it's about calling out bad behavior, not absorbing it silently because it's normalized or accepted, and not just calling out men. But women who tell you to behave in a way that troubles who you are. It could also be calling out ideologies or beliefs that don't make sense, that are just so outdated. Can we have an example, please? I think that would help me to make it a little bit clearer in my brain. Okay. For example, there's not a lot of encouragement for women in sports it's still largely perceived as a man's thing to do. Okay, I understand, yes, I do understand. Things like that. Obviously, I don't see why people would want to watch women play sports, but yes, they should be encouraged. They should be encouraged to play. When you think about male sports, you think about football, basketball, ice hockey, all these uh, rugby, all these sports where you have to run (sighs) or be strong and muscular. (sighs) Can I finish, please? Sorry, I was just—I was trying to back up your point by being masculine, like. Okay, but when you when you think about female sports, it's mostly figure skating, uh, rhythmic gymnastics, tennis, dancing. Yeah, anything that involves makeup and costumes, yes. sparkly costumes, which is nothing. There's nothing wrong with makeup or exactly. costumes. Exactly, you guys like those sort of things. Well, men can like. I mean, there's. A, great deal of men figure skaters yes a homosexual man that's not true it's, it's not a problem i don't mind yeah but still you saying oh there's homosexual like yeah absolutely there's homosexual men who are ice skaters yeah but doesn't mean they're all homosexual no no of course and not. that leads us perfectly onto the next point support and solidarity fostering an inclusive society where women and men uplift and support each other. Nowadays, when we even hear the word men and women, we instantly think, oh, competition time. Just so we're all on the same page, so I can be clear. Mm -hmm. Do you women think that there should be women in politics like i'm not talking about like an mp or a congressman i'm in the top level why not presidents prime ministers yes yes why not i mean women have proven for centuries now that they can be more than capable rulers i mean look at elizabeth the first look at lesbian uh, huh no i'm just saying she was a very famous closeted lesbian well supposedly anyway what what have you been reading? Uh, sorry, it's just a little side fact for you there. Well, look, there's some historians who believe that she was a lesbian. I don't know if it's true or not, but I like to think she was a muff diver. 
Well, even if she was, she's still a woman. Oh, exactly. Yes, yes. No, no, no. But, you know, I just, I, I mean, no, because I, you know what, I have started to come around recently and I can accept that women can do those sort of top jobs, you know? I just think that maybe on the day when they're ovulating that perhaps a man should come in just for those five to seven days and then we go back to her doing it the rest of the month. I think that's a very, very fair sort of, you know, halfway house. What are you trying to imply? That women are crazy when they're ovulating? Well, I... I think you skipped a couple of biology lessons in school. Possibly. Possibly. Dave, you'll be delighted to know that we are actually covering this topic on today's episode. Oh, goodness. Yeah, so you can learn all about the menstrual cycle. Honestly, I will I will say, you know, this is the one part of the whole sort of lecture or whatever. We're, we're doing the podcast, is that what we're doing? Yes. <laughs> this is the one part of the whole podcast where I literally, I mean, I do genuinely feel for you guys. Periods fucking suck. Mm. You're welcome. Fucking hell. I'm here phrasing. I didn't even get a, didn't even get a fucking handshake. I just wanted shake. to say thank you, Dave. That That's very nice of you. <clears throat> Sorry. Thank you, Angelina. Periods have been long associated with female vulnerability, bearing a substantial social stigma for centuries. But did you know that women can actually leverage their menstrual cycle to their advantage? Well, enlighten me. This is something that both men and women should learn about. And women listening out there might feel that they understand their menstrual cycle because they experience it. However, we don't really get taught what exactly is happening to our mind and body during this time. If we do, we can have better relationships and empower ourselves and obviously each other. Dave, why are you making this gross face? Look, I'll be honest, right? No, I'll be honest. It's actually kind of fascinating. What I do find gross is how women behave during their periods. Simply unacceptable. Unacceptable. You can't be a bitch for a week just because you're bleeding. I cut my arm last week and I was fine. I was perfectly reasonable and I was gushing blood. Dave, you have to remember there's a difference between a cut and uh, menstrual bleeding. Yes, I mean... one is traumatic and one is some sort of gift from God. Well, I wouldn't really agree with that, but, you know, there's a lot of hormonal okay, changes. Do, do you know why women may be challenging and difficult during this time? Now, this is just my understanding. I think it's because they are constantly working against their bodies. So unlike a man's body, a woman's energy is dynamic. It fluctuates. It doesn't follow a linear energy path where you tend to have relatively stable energy levels throughout the day. So we struggle to adhere to the conventional 24-hour clock because it dictates you waking up at a specific time, being productive during the daylight hours and then winding down in the evening. So when women try to synchronize their life with their natural energy patterns, we can 
tune in to what our body is telling us, our physical and emotional needs. So by actively listening to these signals, women can unlock a new profound source of empowerment that paves the way for her. <laughs> What's so funny? Well, it's just, why do you guys have to make everything all sensual? It's about me discovering my... Pa- why can't you just say, look, I fucking bleed for a week and I get a bit pissed off, okay? And then I get fine again. But you guys have to go, no, it's my journey through my discovery. Oh, I'm so in touch with my... Being. <laughs> Dave, I wasn't talking like that. <laughs> Sorry. I think I think that's kind of commercials and Hollywood kind of presented that's like that. That's what Suman just said. Suman just said. I about... was just trying to sound a bit inspirational for my listeners. Okay, right. So it's for the listeners, I see. I don't okay. normally talk like this. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Dave. Throughout history, human women have been very mysterious to human men because of their periods. I mean, before mm-hmm. biology, chemistry, science, men didn't, I mean, humans didn't really know why women were bleeding. Mm-hmm. Probably a curse from God. And, uh, sorry, well, sorry yeah. I didn't interrupt you because I was actually enjoying what you were saying. I just thought I'd take the piss out of you a little bit, but it was actually quite, just carry on there. So you're saying you're discovering your truth of the universe or something. Yes, so a woman's menstrual cycle tell her what she needs, both her physical needs and emotional needs. So by living in alignment with her menstrual cycle, she can harness the power of these hormonal shifts to optimize her productivity, achieve more and avoid that sense of constant burnout. So basically, she'll be working smarter, not harder. How is she doing that? Is she like isolating herself for a week or something? No. So imagine going through four seasons of nature in 28 days. So as I was saying earlier, for a man, he goes through a similar phase in 24 hours. But a woman... (laughs) Superior being. No, it's nothing to do with being superior at all. We're just different. Keep telling yourself that. Anyways, the first phase of the menstrual cycle is the periods. A lot of people are familiar with this phase because it is talked about the most. So we know that women feel less inspired and motivated. Mm -hmm. However, they have an incredible access to their intuition. Mm -hmm. This is a brilliant time for contemplation manifesting your goals and strategizing for the upcoming month because women can reflect deeply they turn inward during this phase and when they do they discover their inner self and things that their intuition has been trying to tell them So embracing your intuition during this time can help you connect with people around you, can help you tap into lots of creative problem solving, making informed decisions. Personally, I really enjoy a lot of reading and learning during this time. So any research I have to do for the podcast, I use this time to do so because naturally, I am able to navigate academic challenges the way that I can't do in other phases. 
Also, a little boring fun fact, women can get through a lot of basic, boring, mundane tasks that they have been putting off like house chores. You are right, Dave? Do you need a pillow? Yeah, I just, well, I mean, all this period talk, I can't really join in, can I, without being some sort of chauvinistic, misogynistic beast. So I'm lying down and taking some advice and resting f- through the first stage. Well, why don't you pay attention so if you ever get into a relationship, you know what to do? Why can't I listen while I'm lying down? Oh, were you listening? I thought you were sleeping. Yes, I'm listening. You said it's all about periods and work, cleaning the house and pampering yourself yes i also said it's an excellent opportunity for setting goals reflecting reevaluating, and strategically planning your calendar wait can i ask you a question do you think that ladies should be given a week off when they're actually bleeding absolutely or just giving her a little bit more flexibility like being able to work from home yeah. asking if she wants to start late that could help some women Amazing. Okay, we're all on the same side there because I also agree with that. The next phase is summertime. Women will notice a shift in their energy. They will become inspired all of a sudden, have a lot of enthusiasm about life. So this is ideal for initiating and taking action. If there are tasks or projects you have been procrastinating on, whether they're mental or physical in nature, you'll find plenty of stamina and motivation at your disposal. This is the time to initiate. This is the time to innovate. Perhaps it was joining that yoga class or writing a book or going out and doing something that you always wanted to do but you just never found the motivation for it. This is the time where you will effortlessly generate new ideas. You'll be very ambitious. So for me, I should be journaling for my podcast, addressing my writer's block because obviously I'll be very creative and inspired so I can use that to my advantage. You know, I think this is why men look down upon you, you see, because you're all talking about how you each week is like defining who you are by what's happening, whereas we're just stoic beasts who behave how we want to behave. At least that's how it feels to me. I don't know if I'm tripping balls. I think this is just how it feels to you. I mean, look at you. After Angela's left you, you've gone, like, depressed and... Well... I mean, it explains all the horrible things you've said throughout this episode. No, I haven't. And rest assured, most of them will... Well, all of them will be edited out. Mm -hmm. Fucking hell! Oh, Suman, please remind me to send you that video from our friendship date. It was so funny. Oh, fuck. Mm Okay, phase three. This is where I should schedule the recordings of my podcast because it's time to shine. My confidence is naturally at its peak. That's why she's glowing. No, I'm actually not in phase three. Uh Yeah, I'm just really pushing it. (laughs) Women are naturally very articulate, their communication is on point, they're very social, 
So they want to go out, they want to talk, they want to meet their friends, perhaps even go out on a date. Sorry, just just to be clear, phase three is when you're not on your period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, okay, yes. Not just dates. You can go out with friends. You can go out on networking events. It's a great time to socialize because your self-esteem is high. Even if you want to do things like group presentation, public speaking or pitching, anything to do with your confidence and naturally able to articulate your ideas and points of views to other people so use this time for your advantage oh my goodness so you were on stage three and went to that party together mm-hmm. yes and that means that the next day you're on stage four and that's how you were eating cake in the hallway phase number four the autumn season this is a very challenging time because there's a lot going on hormonally the prequel phase aka welcome to hell aka a bitch's paradise (gasps) this is the second b second strike sorry so the fourth season is when you need to start slowing down as your body is preparing for the next phase which is your periods or possible pregnancy however gradually reducing your pace also means that you'll experience an elevated sense of focus. This is where you become finely tuned to details and super observant. So women begin to notice things that may have escaped their mind previously. This phase is excellent for doing those meticulous tasks that require an exceptional vigilance. So, for example, if I am reading scripts and I want to do a report or I want to provide feedback, this is a great time because I'll be very meticulous. I'll be able to go into a lot of details. I'll be very elaborate. So this can be very useful for doing anything that requires a lot of focus. Could even be preparing for your exams or learning a new language your focus will be extremely high. So use that to your advantage. Uh, Suman, my hand's in the air. I'm trying to be a bit more, you know, professional. Yeah, sorry, uh, my my Zoom's on the other screen. Go on. Oh, I see. Um, So the fourth stage, is that where you're sort of like piling on the weight to prepare for the period? Mm -hmm, Yes. That's the sort of carbo-loading, you know, three takeaways a day situation. Okay, so... What happens is that the estrogen levels decline and at the same time, the progesterone levels increase. Because of that, the blood sugar levels become unstable. That affects a woman's mood and her energy, which ultimately affects her appetite. And that's why she craves a lot of sweet and salty food. But you seem to be on stage four quite a lot. How dare you? (laughs) Well, sometimes your cycle can be messed up if you've got a little devil on your shoulder, 24-7, doing your heading. Right, okay, yes. That will mess up your life, let alone your menstrual cycle. I do help you, though, don't I, when you're going through your times, don't I? No, you just make everything worse. No, sometimes I make it better when we tease people or we watch Bridgerton together. But you always remind me of all the things that are going wrong in my life 
you magnify my mistakes, exaggerate and manipulate all the things that have happened and the things I should be letting go and have no control over. And then I get into that cycle of overthinking and self-doubt. Okay. Oh, my God. Well, look, I don't want you spiraling. That's why I'm sending you the video so you can keep it against him now. I tell you what, Suman, if you don't play that video, I will do you the great honour and privilege of leaving you alone for your next three time of the months. I'll give you a week off from me. You can just relax and I won't bother you at all. Is that a deal? Okay. I'll consider that. Excellent. We have briefly talked about how to synchronize your lifestyle with your menstrual cycle. And I know that it might not be possible to completely go with the flow. However, prioritizing work based on your natural strengths can enhance your performance and it will reduce the likelihood of you feeling drained. I've certainly noticed that things have gone a little bit easier for me if I do them at a certain phase and I do generally feel a lot more accomplished. In the last part of this episode, we'll be answering frequently asked questions. And because Dave is so clued up on women now, because he has been listening, he will answer all of these questions and I will check if he's got them right or wrong. Oh, excellent. Okay, I will do my best. And Suman, I will make you proud. Amazing. So the first question we have is, why do women pick the wrong kind and then complain? Well, because of... Sorry, no, that's the old Dave. I do apologise. It's because they don't know how to pick men. They're looking for money and for safety and all this sort of shit. They need to be looking for big shoulders and a large package. Uh, not necessarily. I mean, maybe some women. But, you know, you're generalising here. What about a woman being manipulated into the relationship? Fucking idiot. What about the false promises a man makes to her? She's a fucking... What about the fact that he lied to her? She's an adult. He charmed her, make her fall head over heels. Right. Le- and then when she believed him, he turned 360. Let me ask you this. Go on. Right, okay. You know the story of Hansel and Gretel, yes? Little fat children going to this witch's house to eat sweets. Where are you going with this? What I'm trying to say is, yes, the witch was an evil killer, but those stupid fat children still decided to walk into a stranger's house because they wanted sweets, and these stupid ladies who are going with these terrible men is because they wanted something, and they were greedy little fat children, metaphorically. They weren't being focused on what was the right things to look at. So I blame them. I blame them all. Okay, well, women, if you are weighing up someone's value wrongly, you will attract the wrong attention, as Dave said. You need to determine if a man's attention means good intentions. For example, is he showing up for you? Is he keeping his promises? In other words, believe his actions not his words because we know how to lie and for men listening out there if a woman is telling you something believe her words not her actions 
no i'm sorry i don't why does a woman so what she's a bitch but she goes i love you so you go oh yeah she definitely loves me but she treats me horrible that's not true soon and i'm sorry redact that well i can't speak for all women but most women will not say i love you until she really means it unless obviously she's a manipulative psychopathic pathological liar and yes women can be those things as well so yeah don't trust anyone blindly exactly look at my ex-wife next frequently asked question she says she likes funny guys but when i'm being funny with her she gets funny about it and doesn't really like it is she just confused and too sensitive yeah she's a sensitive bitch dump her third strike Dave, you were meant to be answering this question being on the woman's side sorry um showing a lot of empathy so what so he's got some girl who can't she's too emotional yes excuse me no what did the question is she says she likes funny guys but when i'm being funny with her she gets funny about it and doesn't really like it we end up arguing is she just too confused and sensitive can she not take a joke uh okay so firstly this guy is clearly not funny <laughs> okay secondly she's definitely like super super overly sensitive needs to man up stop being a bitch well if i can give some input mm-hmm. humor is quite a subjective thing you know just because something is funny to me might not be funny to somebody else. So it, it doesn't mean that the guy is not funny. Maybe his humor is a little bit sexist. Thank so you. maybe they should talk about it. Maybe I definitely think maybe the girl should tell him, hey, I don't really enjoy your humor. Well, maybe she just she should just make him a sandwich. Oh, why, why shouldn't he make her a sandwich? Well, because she's got to practice, hasn't she? But what if she goes ill and she can't get up of the bed? What, he's going to die of hunger? No, then she sends her sister over to make sandwiches. Oh, but what if she doesn't have a sister? Then her mother or her daughter or her some girl from work or somebody. So only women can make sandwiches. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Amazing. You've just... You've learned so much in this episode, haven't you? I have. I've actually got a sandwich ready that I'm going to eat in a little bit. And, and who, who made, made that? that? <laughs> I did because I'm alone. Oh. Okay. I'm. I tried to get Angelina around, but she won't come. No, because you drink too much, and then I have to call a taxi to take you home. Dave, next question. Yes. Why do you think women communicate indirectly? So instead of just saying. Can you just close the window? I'm cold. Why might she tend to say something like, are you cold? Oh my God, I can't believe people are so insensitive. I'm freezing to death and nobody's considered closing that window. Hmm. Well, there's a a few reasons. Firstly, I think that society or nature, whatever you want to call it, does not reward women in that way because men don't see that as a valuable trait in women. Secondly, I think women concern themselves more with being reproached or told off or rejected. They don't like rejection, even in a way of someone going, no, fuck you, I'm not closing the window. So they'll present it in a question. And thirdly, I think that if women were physically more, if women were physically stronger than men, you treat us like shit. And you'd probably say, 
open the window, you little bastard. But because you're so aware of your physical deficiencies, you tend to be more deferential to us, often looking to us in terms of us being leaders. Women don't want men who are worse off than men. They want men who are better. And they're afraid of losing that. That's what I think anyway. Listen, us women are brought up, we mustn't say what we really think. Otherwise, we will be seen as dramatic, overreacting, difficult, and you don't want people to see you like that. So then we would rather be silent and please others, even if we ourselves are not happy with it. Interesting. Hmm. I agree with parts of both answers. It can come down to a sense of rejection and fear of an uncertain reaction from others because so many women have that good girl trauma, basically putting everybody's needs first, reading the room, trying to be more accommodating to others. Oh, yes. Women are saints. But you know what? I don't ask. I just shut the damn window. Well, that's why I like you, Suman. You're a boss bitch. You're my boss, bitch. Last question. Uh, excuse me. I'm not anybody's. What's a, what's a nice word for a bitch, then? Well, not boss, bitch, but like boss queen? Queen is much better. You're my boss queen. Okay. Why do you think women don't like talking about their age, Dave? <laughs> because we all know they're washed up after 31. <gasps> Oh. They know it, we know it, society knows it, their womb knows it, their babies know it. No, we are not washed up after 30. It's just that society has demonized middle-aged women. Mm-hmm. Demonized? Well, yes. Well, there is that perception which associates youth with power and beauty. Not for a man. (laughs) Otherwise, the older we get, we may fade into the background because we're not as attractive anymore. Well, at least that's what the media keeps telling us. However, nobody's talking about the wisdom older women bring to the table it's so overlooked maybe because it poses a lot of discomfort to the patriarchy well yes so in conclusion men and women play different roles in society but we're not completely different species at our core we're more similar than we know Mm mm-hmm It's only a certain few devils in the society. Absolutely. That entice a toxic competition about who should get more rights, why women should be treated like this, why men should get away with this, and so on. Men and women are generally looking for the same thing. Acceptance, love, respect. Yes. We just have different ways of expressing our needs and different ways of approaching life. Exactly. And we essentially, we need each other. So we have to start trying to understand each other. If we're not doing that, we're simply standing still. And life is about progress. That is so nice, Dave. I can't believe it's coming from your mouth. Thank you. I think I'm a little bit tired and sometimes I tend to seep my emotions out then. So you do have emotions, I told you. Somebody give me a drink. Oh, don't, please don't drink. Don't drink because then you become too emotional. 
Right, okay, I won't drink. Some Somebody get me a Xanax. Dave, why don't you talk to us about your feelings? Because the more you keep them inside, the more toxic you become and then you project a lot of bitterness onto people around you. So I think you should openly talk about your emotions. Oh, what, to you? Yeah, just be honest. But to all the listeners, to thousands of listeners who are just here to listen. Don't say what? To your emotions, to your feelings. Oh. Your upbringing, the fact that your father... No, not everything. Every not everything. <laughs> we haven't got time. My, what I'm feeling right now. We've got two minutes. Right, okay. Why don't you tell us how you feel? And I'm sure that's not gonna have a toll on your masculinity in any way. Right. It'll teach you how to empathize with women when they're expressing their emotional needs. Okay, no, I can tell you how I feel. Um, let me just sort out my cape at the back here. Um, I'm feeling hungry and um, I've been researching aliens, so... I'm feeling a little bit uncertain about my place in the universe. Yes, I mean, is that sort of what you meant? No. Tell us about your emotions, your feelings. My emotions. Not just your thoughts and what's going around you in your physical space, but what's inside your heart. Hmm. How much discomfort and pain are you enduring in this very moment i'm not really in pain i'm i've got a little bit of heartburn if that's what you mean but i actually feel quite good about my emotions oh come on dave well i do actually have a small mannequin that looks like angela that i do punch to let my aggression out <laughs> you bitch you left me you punch it yes i it's, i would never hit a lady of course i just mean I just made like a pillow that looks like Angela. I'm like, you fucking bitch. <gasps> just to make myself feel better. Women do that with stuff to make when a man. I don't think so. I think you hug it. Mm. No, I don't. And cry and say, I love you. Why did you leave me? No, I don't. Why would you say such a thing? Because that's what you were saying when you were drunk. And I have a video recording proving that. Right. We're not playing the video because I told Suman I'll leave her alone for three cycles. Okay. Well, I will consider that deal after this recording. Maybe I feel I'll... pain, okay? <laughs> oh, there, there. Anyways, thank you so much for listening, everybody. I hope you have learned more about yourself if you are a woman. And if you're a man... Oh, she left me. <laughs> and if you're a man, hopefully you can reflect like Dave, <laughs> where you might have gone wrong in the past how you can do things better. But obviously, this episode isn't just shifting the blame onto men. Women do have their own respective responsibilities in any relationship. So it's not to undermine the value of men in society. Yes, yeah, so uh, whether you're a man or a woman, don't be ashamed of your feelings. You are alive. You have feelings. And if you keep it bottled in, you will explode. So please, if you have something you're struggling with, please open up to somebody you trust and just let your feelings out and you will feel much, much better. Never get married. <laughs> this podcast 
does not take responsibility for the things Dave has been saying. So I do apologize if anything has offended anybody. I am really sorry. He's just, well, what can I say? He's a devil. I think there's a special term for people like that. Is it uh, psychological vampires? They suck the energy out of you? Psychological vampires. Now that is a name for a new metal band. Well, yeah, it's actually a good name, isn't it? Maybe we could start a band. The three of us. Hmm, I don't know how that would go. Suman, lead singer. Angelina could be on rhythm guitar or lead guitar, and I'll be on the drums. Uh, my only concern about our band is, uh, well, a lot of drug abuse and all by a certain member. Look, I'm sure there'd be some difficulties with the band, but look, I'd keep all that in-house, and we could preach, you know, every day on stage. We'd sing about how great God is. You would sing about God? Do you really think I'm that stupid? I would if it brought me lots of drugs and women, yes. Well, that's contradictory. I know, but I'm a walking contradiction. Well, I don't think you're completely evil. I like to see the good in everybody, even if you are a loathsome devil. <laughs> well, I'd say that's incredibly, incredibly, uh, misand. What's the, what's the opposite of a uh, misogynist again? There isn't anything. There actually is. No, there really. <laughs> what's the word? There's no such word. Uh, you know what? I'm going to fucking Google this. You just keep talking about shoes, whatever you're talking about, and I'll get find out an answer. <gasps> Well, who's sexist now? Misandry. A misandrist is the opposite of a misogynist.